Good evening and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rondon, joined by my co-host. How are you? It's the Mad Chatter. Episode 3, let's go. That's a little bit of a different intro there, Chad. I uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Well, you guys shot down my catchphrase last time, so I don't want to I don't want to embarrass myself on uh, episode three. I figured you were going to come in hot with something strong, practiced, rehearsed. I don't what know. What happened to you introducing us? Yeah, why did you let why did you let us introduce our own selves? You guys are peacocks. You got to spread your wings and fly at some point. Yeah, but you're a host. I'm I'm just giving you guys the power. All right. If you don't all want right. it, we'll we'll redo next episode. All right. Uh, that being said, we have a long, action-packed episode ahead of us. Um, should be about 55 minutes to an hour, so let's look ahead at what that entails. Starting with a lot of NFL news and notes, with free agency in full swing, we'll talk about some quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends, uh, different moves, different position changes, and whatnot, see how it impacts fantasy. We'll go on some high-impact trades in our league. We actually had a pretty action-packed week of trades, so there's quite a, quite a few to talk about. We'll team profile. This week will be... Team Itzler, who we basically profile every week at this point. We do, we do. <laughs> um, yeah. But we'll actually do a deep dive into his squad, as well as Theo Kittick, Andrew Riggio. We'll unveil power rankings, 10 through 7, and then we'll end with uh, sleepers of the week and a preview of next week. So let's dive right in. What do you guys say? Let's do it. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry that this week uh, won't be your beloved mock draft. I'll get it. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> you do tease it every week. I'm gonna tease it at the end of this one too. Don't worry. <laughs> maybe, Don't. maybe next week. Can't make any promises. But <laughs> uh, so let's start with some quarterbacks. Uh, not as much movement with the quarterbacks as as the running backs and wide receivers. But two guys we did want to bring up were Mike Glennon and Brian Hoyer. Let's start with Mike Glennon moving from Tampa Bay to Chicago. Uh, definitely, definitely an interesting move. I like it for him. I don't know how well he's going to do in Chicago. Uh, he finally gets the opportunity to start. I know a lot of people have been teasing that. NFL teams have been essentially trying to trade for him for, I think, two years now. And really nothing doing. Um, but now he actually finally gets a chance to start. Chad, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Mike Glennon? How do you think he fares in Chicago? Um, I've never really been high on Mike Glennon, but I've never really been low on Mike, Mike Glennon. He's always been kind of average to me. Um, I think he might be, like in fantasy terms, worth, worth maybe like a fifth. Or fourth, high fourth, uh, depending on your quarterback needs. But, I mean, the devastating part for him is that Alshon's gone from Chicago, so he lost his, the, his number one receiver. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be interesting. With Cutler gone, that whole team's going to have a new dynamic around it. Um, Jordan Howard's obviously a stud, so he's going to carry the load there in the run game. So, um, we'll see. We'll see if he can play in that, uh, that cold, windy stadium, and um, we'll see how he turns out in Chicago. Definitely a shift from Tampa Bay weather to Chicago. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and what are your thoughts? I, you know, I don't have like a, a you know strong opinion on Glennon. There's, I feel like every time if you pulled ten people, it would be split in half of who loves him and think he's worth the money, and who's like a sleeper this whole time, or who thinks he isn't any good at all. Um, for fantasy wise, he's not going to be a quarterback one. To Chad's point, his number one receiver left, and you know his receiver core at this point would be White, Meredith, and Wheaton. So you got to think they're going to run the ball a lot. For me as a Jordan Howard owner, I like that. For him as a fantasy relevancy, I'd be shocked if he is anything more than just a bi-week pickup and then he's back on the waiver wire. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a ceiling is a, is a quarterback too, but a yeah, low, low-end yeah. quarterback too. His wide receiver is very average at best. He does have great size though, 6'6", 225. He does. But so. we'll, we'll see. Uh, next guy I want to talk about quick, Brian Hoyer to San Francisco. I'm going to jump in with this one just because I've had personal one-on-one experience with Brian Hoyer. 
I've seen the ups, I've seen the downs, and the downs are not very pretty. That being said, he did lead the Cleveland Browns to a 7-9 and season in 2014, um, which is kind of a, a Jesus-type feat in itself, um, especially <laughs> with everything that was going on in that year with Johnny Manziel, Chance going on, Josh Gordon coming in and out. Um, he was pretty efficient until you could see it looked like the stress got to him at that point. The fans clearly wanted Manziel to play, but he was he was playing well. He played 14 games, had 242 completions, which is 55% isn't great, but still threw for 3,000 yards, 12 TDs, had, had a solid season. So I think the potential's there. I think he can be a, I think he's going to be a transition guy for whoever San Francisco drafts. Do you, do you agree? Um, is he even going to start over Kaepernick there? Or is Kaepernick's a free agent? Is he? Yeah, stay, I don't know. If, I don't know if Kaepernick's going to get retained in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that whole that whole situation is ever, ever since the Kirk Cousins deal kind of went south there. That whole situation's been kind of sketchy. Um, but I mean, as far as fantasy relevance, unless you're in a, a deep pickle and you need to pick someone <laughs> up when your quarterback's on a bye and you have to have Brian Hoyer, I mean, I guess I can understand it, but he's just kind of there for me. I agree. Just like Glennon, unless your quarterback has a bye or he has just some amazing matchup against a horrid, you know, passing defense, you're not starting him at all. At least in our league. Yeah, I agree. I, I honestly don't think he's going to have a starting job after after week five, but I think he can get you some points if, if you desperately need. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to running backs. Uh, let's start with Danny Grit Woodhead. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on Woodhead? Um, they were They were great. They were great. <laughs> um, as a Kenny Dixon owner, they're not good anymore. Um, I think he severely, severely hurts Dixon in the backfield there. Um, they knew all along that Dixon was going to be suspended before the news came out, and hence why they signed Woodhead there. Um, but, I mean, it's really unfortunate from a fantasy perspective, especially with Terrence West there too still. Uh, I don't know if, if he's going to be gone, if he's going to stay, but... Woodhead's always been a guy that's going to vulture your touchdowns in fantasy. He's just, I mean, he's a solid PPR back. I get it for the Ravens, I guess. But, you know, I, I'm just going to try to avoid that backfield as much as I can if I'm in a redraft league. And he's also 32 years old. He is he's 32. He's getting up there. And yeah. coming off an ACL injury. So who knows, but... No, now for you, you were saying, I know it's a different situation, but this year, um, you know, Bell was suspended and D'Angelo Williams was like a sneaky for redraft leagues, a mid-round pick. I think Woodhead can still be that. I don't think Wes is anything, you know, anything special. So, you know, the coaches come out saying he wants to get Dixon more involved and he's a, you know, Dixon believer. But for redraft, I think for first four games, you want to get some, if you're in a PPR league. If not, probably not worth picking up. For our league, I think he can get you some good points for four games. I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, he was held on. He's not going to get drafted. So where his draft value would be, I don't really know. I don't think like a third probably just for someone who just wants to get a few wins. Um, but after that, we'll see if he, I mean, if he explodes those first four games, he might keep a consistent role, but we'll see at 32 at coming off a pretty serious injury, what he can do. It's funny you said that I actually drafted him because he was a free agent last year. He got dropped by Josh and I actually took him with a third round pick last year. Yeah. Perfect valuation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board as well. Um, I'll agree with that. And now let's go with the most recent news. Eddie Lacy. We got Fat Eddie. Fat Eddie on the board. Um, going to Seattle. I actually love the move in Seattle. And I came out, saw, him came, uh, saw Pete Carroll come out and say he wants a big. 267. 
267 pounds for an NFL running back. How do you take that man down? I don't think you do. I don't know if you can. It's very, uh, I think we saw the hashtag today, Feast Mode. That's a good nickname. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great nickname. And I've seen comps of him and like Marshawn Lynch, and I don't think that's that far off, um, honestly. That's that's the kind of backs that Seattle likes. I think Rawls is the same way, too. Um, People that know me know I'm notoriously low on... Thomas flashing the pan rolls. Mm-hmm. I think Procise did great last year when he had the chance, and it's going to be an interesting backfield. I think I think Lacey's going to carry the load there, and I think Procise is going to be like a third down guy. I don't know where Rawls is going to fit in. I agree. I think this hurts uh, Rob a lot. Probably going into the year, he probably felt good acquiring Rawls. Even though I think when we when he made the trade, we weren't crazy about it because we were still Procise over Rawls guys. But them acquiring Lacey, I think, even makes that. I mean, I would avoid the backfield in general I, I just think you don't know what they're going to do with all those three or how the role is going to be I don't know if they're necessarily just going to throw if you want some bigger a 270 guy just work hurt like you know a three down guy but um you know you'll probably see in the first two or three weeks where, where they stand it, it'll be hard to tell until then I I agree I, I definitely think it's a backfield to avoid I i Still think Rawls is going to get carries, but I think they're going to split with Lacey. It's going to be very scheme-dependent. I'm curious, what, what are your guys' trade values on all three of those guys? I, who, who would you pick first out of those three? Procise, because he's the same age as Rawls, or they came in the same class, right? They were drafted in the same rookie class as we did, I believe? No, I think no. Rawls is a year earlier. No, Rawls okay. is a year earlier. Yeah, Rawls is a year okay, earlier. so only a year yep. younger, and we think he's better. So I'd probably value him better. I mean, for this year, I would stay away from it. But for, you know, we're a dynasty league, so I don't know what I would value him at, but I would say he would be my first choice. I actually just sent Greg a trade offer for Lacey. I sent him 18 straight up. Really? I, I like Eddie Lacey with the late first, early second round pick. I think it's a fair valuation. I think he's going to get some touchdowns. And he's still, he's still what, 27 years old? He's not, he's not that old. I re- to start our league, I actually traded up. To take him one overall. He was the first pick in, in league history. It's true, you did. I am notoriously high on Eddie Lacy. I like him a lot. I, th- I think he's going to do well in So Seattle. you would take Lacy over Procise? I would take Lacy over Procise. Interesting. I, th- I think the owner of Lacy, Greg, is also very high on, on Lacy. I think he has to be. Yeah, but he, he, just, he just won't he's overly enthused about his five over five yards per carry. So. Hashtag Satan. We'll see if it uh, holds up in Seattle. We will. We will. Um, that's going to do it for running backs. Those were really the two big names out there. The majority of the free agent list was dominated dominated by wide receiver, as we're about to see. A plethora, if you will. Yeah, yes. I, perfect, perfect word. That's your <laughs> SAT vocab for the week. Plethora. Don't say SAT, please. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended there. I, I love that. Um, so let's start with, with possibly the biggest name on the list. Brandon Cooks, in a shocker, goes to the New England Patriots. In a very crowded receiving core. I personally love the move. I've always been high on Cooks. Like I said, I've had him three or four times at this point. I think he's going to do very well in New England. Um, but I think it's going to be very scheme dependent. I think he's still going to get targets. But it's going to be game by game. So I don't know how to value him. I would probably still offer a first for him. Probably a mid first. I tried and I got rejected. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I said last episode, I've tried so hard to get Cooks from Rob. Yeah, he loves Cooks. I mean, rightfully so. Cooks is great. He's he's extremely young, runs great routes, very fast, reliable hands, gets better as the game goes on, to be completely honest. I, I love Brandon Cooks. I just, like like I said, I, I'm very scared of the amount of receivers that they have and just game by game 
just like they do with running backs. It's going to be mm-hmm. this one game he's going to have 25 fantasy points. The other he may have three catches for 15 yards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I thought the move pretty much, like at first I thought, oh my God, he's going to explode. But the Saints offense is high powered anyway. So I've kind of agree with what I've been reading that if anything, it's just a good lateral movement for him. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll touch upon it. We can touch about it right now. The Saints got Ted Ginn. So once they acquired him, you knew Cooks was on his way out because the trade rumors were happening for a couple days or at least that whole day of free agency was just like, when is Cooks getting traded? So I still think even though Ginn's going there, I think the value of Thomas and unfortunately Sneed is up from from our perspective. So, you know, we said last time if he gets traded, where, where will Sneed fall in our rookie draft I think he probably goes in a second round I think he's he's still in his early 20s and you know Rogers is probably happy as a Thomas owner that was probably the the guy who was taking more of the targets away from him and now he's he's gone I don't think Ginn's gonna be that guy coming in replicating what Cooks was doing he's just a bigger boomer bust guy so going there to New England you know he's still wide receiver one but I think it helps the other Saints wide receivers more um, I get it from an NFL perspective. I get it from the Pages perspective. I hate it from a fantasy perspective. And that's kind of the same every year with the Patriots. They always have way too many mouths to feed. I don't know why I fell into the trap. I traded for Julian Edelman this year, and I drafted Malcolm Mitchell. I don't know why I would ever do that. But I don't understand where they're going to put all these receivers. Like, you have you have Mitchell, you have Edelman, you have Hogan, you have Cooks, you have Amendola... I feel like I'm forgetting one, too. You have Dwayne Allen's a new tight end in there, too. Still have Gronk. You still have Gronk. And not to mention all their pass-catching ca- backs. They just signed Burkhead. And they have James White, Deion Lewis, yeah. LeGarrette Blount. They have a lot of options. It's ridiculous. And for fantasy perspective, it just doesn't make any sense to draft any of those guys. Because any given week, one of those guys is going to go off. You just don't know which week, and you don't know which guy. So... I mean, but think about it from an NFL perspective. You have that depth. You can literally scheme. A hundred percent, and I agree with that. That's why they keep winning. That's, That's why they're so good. Is because they do stuff like this that makes them just great. Well, for you, hopefully, you you know you catch one of those guys that because one person does emerge as like a top twenty-five wide receiver two, you know, player, and we've seen even with Bennett there that you can be a tight end one. So hopefully for you, Mitchell or Edelman pans out to be one of those T twenty-five wide receivers. I mean, I hope so. It's gonna be it's gonna be just a lot tougher. I with, agree with Cooks being there. Uh, so one guy we actually did touch upon mid Brandon Cooks was Ted Ginn, the other receiver brought into New Orleans. It's soup. That's, that's <laughs> what it comes Ted, down to. Ted Soup Ginn. Yeah. I mean, I I like the move from a football perspective. I think he's gonna stretch the field. That's what he's done his entire career. Yeah. He stretches the field. Doesn't have that reliable hands, but. He's got reliable speed, and I think that's going to open things up for Snead and Thomas and mm-hmm. aging Drew Brees. Yeah, will Drew Brees be able to reach him at this point? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But I, I think it it improves the offense as a whole. Is as much as I do, dislike Ted's Ginn fantasy outlook, I love him from an NFL perspective. It's good for Josh. I'm sure Josh is happy. I think he's in a better situation. So. You know, more high-powered offense. What would you give for Ginn in fantasy? I think I would avoid him. 100%. I think Ginn stock is up. I think it's it's way. No, up. it is up, but yeah. I'm it's still up, not. I still would avoid him. Date like a week-to-week starter is just so hard to trust. No. Yeah. Uh. Probably like a fourth. I was gonna say a fourth. <laughs> like a third is probably fair, but like I don't want him. 
I don't know if I would do a fifth. That's exactly if I he probably, he would just sit on, I wouldn't he, do it. On my team, he wouldn't start unless there's a bye week or I have injuries. On my team, he wouldn't start. <laughs> yeah. My team is putrid. Yeah, he wouldn't start on mine either. And that's why he's on the tie for last place's team. <laughs> that's a very, very fair point. <laughs> uh, moving down the list, let's go to the Cleveland Browns. I'm I'm a big Cleveland Browns fan, so I'm I'm going to jump in here. I want you to take the floor here. I I would love the floor. <laughs> as the it. as the host, I love take the floor. It from yeah, us. Take the whole segment on Brett, please. <laughs> uh Kenny Britt, a new signing for Cleveland. I personally love it. It I so let's let's take a step back. It's a it's a bittersweet situation. Would I have rather had Terrell Pryor? Absolutely. Absolutely would have rather had Terrell Pryor. Unfortunately we couldn't come to terms. I, I've heard a lot of things about Drew Rosenhaus just going in way too aggressive, not being able to make that contract deal. And that's why I think we signed Kenny Britt. That being said, I think Kenny Britt is a perfect fit for the Browns and what we're doing. We have a very, very young receiving core. We had, what, four rookies last year come in, uh, including Corey Coleman, who had a relatively productive start outside of the, the broken hand. I think Kenny Britt is a solid NFL receiver. Fantasy outlook, he actually had his best season Overall last year, topping the 1,000-yard mark, he had five touchdowns. So he is improving on a very, very poor Rams offense. So that's a great outlook for me, especially because Jared Goff and Case Keenum mm-hmm. were not the most dynamic quarterback no. duo with a very bad offensive line. Does he even go into a better situation at quarterback? No, but I think he's going <laughs> to a better offensive situation, though. They, we fair. just signed a lot of offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. We just brought back Joel Petonio. We're beefing up the offensive line. And you could even argue at this point we're going to be a top 10 offensive line. So where do you see his ceiling as a fantasy player this year? As a fantasy player, I, I honestly think he's a mid-wide receiver too. Wow. I think he's going to do very well this season. Not to mention, I think he's going to be good. He's been in the league for quite a few years now. He's going to be a good veteran to just have on the squad. Who do you think will have a better season, him or Coleman? I think, I think Coleman has the better season, but I think it's because Britt's there. So Browns could potentially have two, have two wide, wide receiver, receiver fantasy. Well, for our league, for fourteen team. That's fair. If That's we're going two, twenty-eight, I would. Yeah. Put, I could put two guys in the top twenty-eight. Absolutely. I like the confidence. I have no problem with that. But I, I, I actually like this Kenny Britt signing a lot. Like I said, I would rather have had Terrell Pryor. Um, best of luck to him in Washington. I think he's going to do great. <laughs> but uh, I'm very happy with with Kenny Britt. I'd probably give at this point late second, early third for Britt. Some more stock up for Josh. Yeah, more stock off for Josh. He's having pretty good. Uh, maybe maybe he's moving to thirteen. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Ooh, did Bob drop me to last or Itzler's going to last? <laughs> Who's Itzler? But <laughs> we're not going to go back to the bottom five. Okay. Um. So let's move into the other wide receiver that we touched upon, Terrell Pryor. Chad, how do you like Terrell's situation in Washington? I love it solely for the fact that I'm a Kirk Cousins owner. Um. I was scared there for a second when they lost Djax, They lost Garcon. Their wide receiver one was Crowder, which isn't the worst wide receiver one, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one. Um, so them signing TP was actually huge for a fantasy perspective, in my opinion. Now, what about the rumors that came out today about Cleveland trying to acquire Kirk Cousins? Those rumors were immediately shot down on Roto. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> yeah, they were. The Browns have a lot of capital. They're not. I don't think they're going to sign Kirk Cousins. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm tired of the Cousins trade rumors because... I've said before, I'm a Crowder owner. So, at first, you know, Terrell Pryor going there, you know, you initially think, all right, Crowder stocks down. But, you know, Crowder had Jackson and Garcelle in there last year, and he was still the leading fantasy, you know, numbers-wise. So, I don't, I agree he's probably not a true wide receiver one and probably wouldn't have done well as a wide receiver one drawing all the double, the double coverage. 
So I think TP there could actually not help him, but keep him to where he was, which if he is what he was last year, I'll be very happy. And if Cousins is there, which it seemed like Pryor only went there on thinking he'd be there because he already wants to work out with him. He's already said, you know, I want Cousins there. Then that's good for Nick. Um, we've already bragged about his team enough, but that's a guy who picked up, I think, in free agency and is just on his bench right now. He's not yeah. even in the starting lineup as far as players, and his stock is even up higher. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good move for him and for fantasy. I would argue right now that their wide receiver one and two are better than what they were. I would argue that TP and Crowder are better than Djax and Garcon. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, if Cousins stays there. Yeah. Yes. And Jordan Reed, fully healthy. Look at that. Vernon Davis came in and, and looked great yeah. Yeah. last year. He's still got it, and he's he's getting up there in age, too. Yeah, they'll still have a good fantasy year, I think, with those two. For sure. Absolutely. So, perfect transition point. In with the new, out with the old, Pierre Garcon. Going, going to San Francisco. We'll, we'll be brief about it. He's getting up there in age two. I I think he's a productive wide receiver three. I think that's you can plug him into your flex and be confident. And that's what I that's what I have Pierre Garcon at going into a very poor situation in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe maybe with Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball. Maybe Kaepernick. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> just have a little uh, little tidbit. We know that Kyle Shanahan is now their head coach. It is going back to 2013, but the last time Kyle Shanahan coached Garcon. He had 113 receptions, 1,300 yards, and five touchdowns. Now, this is some years ago, but, you know, he's in a system that he's familiar with with the head coach that's familiar with him. So, being... Uh, is he the number one receiver there? I, like, I know there's some smelter truth. There, isn't Jer- there? Jeremy Curley. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking yeah. up. So, I mean, he's going to get the targets. So, I think he could be a sneaky flex. You know, like you said, wide receiver three or flex is the same thing. But a consistent flex starter, for sure. That, that, fan, that team from a fantasy perspective, is toxic. Well, you have Hyde. Besides, so, I mean, besides Carlos do. Hyde, I think Carlos Hyde is the only fantasy player that I would ever want to Now, are they going to address wide receiver in the in the draft? They have you have seen that? Because have haven't they been rumored the Fournette, which now I'm, I finally like looked at their wide receiver core. I'm like, who are they throwing it to besides Garth? Vance, Vance McDonald. Yeah, maybe. it's just like, Vance. why? I don't know why running backs in their target when they have Hyde. I, I don't know. I mean... BPA, maybe? That's That's got to be it. It's got to be you take the best player available, especially when you're in that poor of a situation. That's fair. Don't force it, but yeah, I I'm in agreement there. Um, let's let's rattle through some of the other guys. Are you touching with a ten foot pole, Robert Elite Woods? No, no, I'm not. Don't care about him. He's Perfect. he's consistently <laughs> been like I'm on a bye week. I have no one. I have no receivers. They're all on buys, and I need someone to pick up. He didn't it's do anything. Ro- with Robert Elite Woods when Watkins was injured all the time. He didn't do anything. No, I think he had one big game. He, where he yeah, had he had a couple of good he games. He had one, last or, year. one or two big games. Not enough for me to be to want him now. Well, absolutely. No. I'm. That's why I posed that yeah. question. Would you touch him with a ten foot pole? I'm going no. 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 I'm going no. I will twelve foot pole. Twelve foot pole. Twelve foot pole. Yeah. I'll say a ten. I'll okay. say the, the standard ten. Yeah. Okay. Add. Yeah. Ten. Ten. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, moving on. Deshaun Jackson in Tampa Bay. A situation that I I like, but I don't know if I'm targeting Deshaun Jackson. I I think he's going to do well. I think he skyrockets Mike Evans' value. And helps Jameis Winston's value out, which is great for me. I agree. But I don't know if I'm going to buy Deshaun. Are you looking to buy Deshaun Jackson right now? I don't think so. I mean, Ridge offered him to, I think, everybody in the league. He did. And he finally got someone to, to bite on him, but I just, I don't know. He's just not a guy that I've always been, that I've been, in, like, into. Um, I mean, I get it from your two team standpoint. I tried training for him aggressively. Not only so because of him, but there was also picks involved, but... 
you know, for, for one, you know, I'm going for it pretty much year to year, so I don't care about going for go for it, guys, especially in a trade. You know, I didn't waste a roster spot holding on to him, so I agree. I think it helps you, Jameis, if you're going to start him over Staff Daddy. Helps Nick again with Evans, where he taught, you know, another wide receiver that Nick didn't already need help with that gets help. And I think it helps, I think it helps his value too. So I think from a fantasy perspective, all positives here. What What's he worth to you in your eyes? For for myself, I guess I would give late third, early fourth. I would give up. I know I know his valuation is going to be like a second round pick. I give a late second. Yeah, that's it. For me, me, me personally, no. I market value is probably a mid second round pick. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere around the third round. Yeah. So we're we're split on that. That's fair. But yeah, he's he definitely has a better outlook in Tampa Bay. I think uh, someone who I despise, probably my bottom five player in the league, <laughs> personally, is Tory Smith. I will never have Torrey Smith on any of my teams ever. No. Um, I don't even want to talk about him. Chad? I think I think Ad knows very well about Torrey Smith. You mind, yeah. you want to go in detail? Yeah, I think I had him the first year, and he was the patented guy where he's on your bench and he just explodes for twenty plus fantasy points. You're like, oh man, this he's heating up, he's cooking, <laughs> and you put him in your flex spot. And then he has one catch for five yards, and you're like, all right, I'm sick of this guy. Back on the bench, and then scores another twenty five, and around and around it goes, and he probably gives you one good week a year so i agree um don't want him don't think he's real i mean he'll be relevant i guess but like you know nothing really further to dwell into he's you know i don't like he's in the nfc east but it's whatever the philadelphia wide receivers outside of this next guy we're about to talk about are just a train wreck jordan matthews in the slot is good i don't like tory smith are they though dgb is not great i mean i, I love dgb but He's not great. Aguilar, no. It's fair. But you're high on the third-year breakouts. I do love third-year breakouts, <laughs> but they just keep bringing in more. But I think that I think more. that these new signings hinder them from breaking out. I agree. I agree with you. That's why I'm, I'm getting even lower. Yeah. Uh, maybe I have to I, cut DJ. I think the potential's there. The potential's there. I think, the, and I think you think the potential's there because you love DGB. And you I wouldn't love have Nelson held Aguilar. I wouldn't have held him. I don't but, think this does anything to DGB's already low value he's got to put it together <laughs> he's got to put it together um so that being said alshon jeffrey probably actually the highest profile free agent on the market for a receiver goes to philadelphia i think it's a great move for him he was just being stagnant in chicago it almost seemed like he didn't want to be there at any point um he got injured he's been out of shape even when i mean coming out of college he was also out of shape i think that might just be south carolina's program but I, I think it's a great, great move for him. I think Carson Wentz is on the up-and-up. The Philadelphia Eagles team, although in a tough division, is also on the up-and-up. And, up. and I, I really do like Alshon in Philadelphia. I think he retains his value as a second-round startup pick, to be completely honest. I, I don't know if you guys disagree with me. I think I would agree with that. Startup, mm, redraft, probably. Redraft. Yeah. Not Dynasty. No. I don't think I'd... Um... He's still only 20, he's 27. I wouldn't want to pick him in the second round, but if he came to me or fell to me, I probably would. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think he's consistently been a top 10, top 15 receiver for the last three, four years. Um, and he was, you know, he had Jay Cutler throwing to him. I mean, is Carson Wentz any better? Who knows? I don't. I don't really like Carson Wentz. I mean, he had a great start to the season last year, but really, like, tapered off towards the end. Um, it's a rookie. Give him a break. I know. I know he's a rookie, but, you know, I just didn't see it 
as the season went on. Um, and now that there's a lot of receivers there, a lot of mouths to feed, I don't know. I don't know if it hurts him or, or hinders him. I really don't know. All right, so let's let's pose it this way. Okay. Your late second-round startup pick in a dynasty league. There's three guys sitting looking you in the eye. Okay. It's Brandon Cooks, Alshon Jeffrey, Terrell Pryor. Give me your give me your order. All right. Well, Alshon's third. Yeah. Okay. And I think, I think Cooks is one, and I think TP's two. I'd have the same order. I might take Alshon over both of them. Really? In the startup. I I love Alshon no, in Philadelphia. Well, yeah. Dynasty Dynasty startup. Yeah. At second yeah. round, late second round, I think I like Alshon better than both of them. No. I do. I th- I think he's got the perfect going forward. No. Build. I think this year, if you want to argue, could he finish ahead of both of them? Sure. I think Alshon has, for me, like low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two upside. Would be kind of where I target him at. Because I agree. I don't. The years he did well, you know, I don't. I don't think Collard was a horrible quarterback for at least for fantasy, and even, you know, he could throw it. It's not like he was. He was bad. He would just implode. But and yeah, exactly. But you know, that's just a, that's one target. That's an interception for Marshall. It's not like it's impacting his fantasy value that much. Um, and I agree. I still think the jury's out on Wentz. I know the players like him. A lot of players wanted to go play for him, but that's why I'm keeping it at a you know a low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two, which is still great. I'm sure yeah. Mueller's happy. So, so you're taking Wentz throwing to a 28, 29, 27-year-old receiver over Tom Brady throwing to a 23-year-old receiver? I am. With the, with with their situation, absolutely. Okay. Or Cousins throwing TP. Or Cousins throwing a TP. I'm avoiding... I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not as high on Cousins as everybody else is. I, I, but I'm you have to admit that he's better than that. Carson Wentz. Right now. But from a dynasty perspective. And Alshon Jeffrey at, at 27 to going into a 28... These receivers with these builds, they usually play over 31, 32. And that's when they start to decline. Look at the next guy we're about to talk about, Brandon Marshall. Okay. I mean, I, res- that's, I respect that's my your opinion. There. Yeah. That's my thought process. So let's wrap up the wide receivers with what I think is an awesome signing for the Giants. Brandon Marshall doesn't have to move. Can stay in New York. Primetime. Big Apple. Manhattan. Yeah. Any other nicknames for it? <laughs> no. The city that never sleeps. Ooh, there we go. Streets are paved in gold. The concrete always... jungle. <laughs> oh, I think every episode we've said something about not sleeping. Okay, there we go. The week. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's for the week. week. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. we were, we're in, we're yeah. in agreement there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brandon Marshall though had a productive season last year for the Jets. Moves over to the Giants with a much better quarterback situation, in, in my opinion, um, an offense that definitely needs a better offensive line but has other receiver weapons. And I think he's a perfect complement to those other receiver weapons with Sterling Shepard in the slot, ODB on the outside, that really explosive weapon, and then Marshall, that big, typical, physical wide receiver. I, I love it. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I, I yeah. spoke to uh, a Giants fan on the phone a few days ago. Mm, sources. And he told me, okay. and I won't reveal who this was, Okay. But he told me that they're a lock for the Super Bowl with that receiving core. Wow. Yeah. Bold statement, a very biased statement. Yes. But I can see that. It's hard to you argue. Can, you can see the statement or you can see them being a lock no, for the Super Bowl? No, I can Bowl. see that it's a biased statement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. I think that receiving core is uh, dope. Yeah. They're oh, really good. It's a top two receiving core in the league. Yeah. Them and who? Put me on the spot. I guess I have to say Patriots then. Yeah, I guess I have to say Patriots. <laughs> There's so many of them. 
Yeah. That, that would be who I, who I read off the top of my head. Maybe Their receiving core to it. is so good, and I think Eli wants to go out with a bang. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he will. So I think he's going to come play determined for the next one, two years. And he's he's good for one six-interception game, but I think the rest of the season he'll be great. Well, do you, so do you think they'll win the NFC East? No. I think they get in a wild card. I like them in the playoffs. So you though. think Cowboys win the NFC East? I think Philadelphia wins the NFC East. Really? Yeah. The NFC East is stacked now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah, they got it's every big free agent. So division. annoying. Um, for fantasy, I think Barshall value goes up. I still think, I don't think ODB's changes. I still think he's a top tier wide receiver one. Who I think takes the biggest hit, which wasn't really a key player for Mike, but I think Sterling Shepard, I think he had eight touchdowns last year. Now we know Marshall is a really big red zone target. I took a look at eight of Shepard's TDs, six of them were in the red zone. So he was a big red zone target for Eli. So I think a lot of those targets are going to be going to Marshall. And I think his overall, I don't know where he finished last year, probably like a wide receiver two, three Shepard. I think his value goes down from this signing. So I think Marshall, ODB up, obviously Eli is going to go up, but I think Shepard takes a pretty big hit in this. I disagree with that. Okay, I do too, actually. I, I think the outside stretch the field, the slot guy's open in the middle. Yeah, well, I mean, I he's an, well, last year, I'm just saying for touchdowns. He had eight last year. That's a big chunk of your fantasy points. I don't think he's getting eight next year. But in PPR, though, I think he makes up for it with the amount of receptions he gets. I think, it, it, I think it'll be close. I think, but I, th- I think he does very well this season. I, I like Sterling Shepard a lot. I think he stays the same or, or progresses. I'm on, I'm on board with that. So let's wrap up with the last position group that we really care about. Um, unless you guys have kickers you want to talk about. Any yeah. kicker news? Cairo oh, Santos. Cairo Santos. Oh, yeah. he signed a, another deal with uh, extension with the Redskins. Oh, that's or, right. Sorry, the uh, Chiefs. Yeah. I heard he's actually in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Already? Uh, no, pretty soon. Maybe the Tulane Hall of Fame, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to Tulane. Um, Martellus Bennett, tight end going to the Green Bay Packers. Let's talk about both tight ends that are going to the Green Bay Packers at this point. Clearly they don't trust Richard Rodgers. Um, no. As, as their number two or number one tight end. And Lance Kendricks they bring in. So the guy from the Rams, Lance Kendrick, who who had, a, who had a solid season. He's just a productive tight end. Nothing great, nothing special, but he'll produce for you. And Martellus Bennett, the black unicorn, going to Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers. Love it. I Honestly, I, I love both signings. I think that's one thing that they needed as of last year was – a tight end, and now I think it give him freedom to run two tight end sets, which is interesting in my mind. I think it's very interesting, especially for Aaron Rodgers that can get creative on the offensive end. I, I think both of their values are solid. I think Bennett prevails over Kendricks, but I think they both get playing time. Do you not agree, disagree? Agreed. Yeah. I know I had some people ask me, like, how do I feel that Kendricks got signed after Bennett? I mean, Bennett played with Gronk, and he still was a top, he was a tight end one. I know Gronk got hurt, but I think Bennett played hurt the whole year, too. Yeah, so, there was there was one game I think where they both played there. They had three, three touchdowns, touchdowns against three touchdowns. the Browns. Yep. So oh, all right. So I disregard that point. Yeah. So do I think Kendra's going to hurt his value? No. I still. I know Bennett's turning thirty this year. He's getting old, but he's with Rodgers. I mean, he's I mean, how can I not like that? I know Brady loves his tight ends too, but I still think he's a tight end one, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with you. That's a back end tight end one. I, yeah. agree. I think Lance definitely hurts him, but I think he's still up there in the tight end tight end one conversation for sure. I agree, low end, but. For me, that's I'll be happy with that. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing that baffles me about that, and this is kind of unrelated, but Jared Cook. They offered Jared Cook more money than Martellus Bennett, and Jared Cook didn't take it and is now looking at other teams. <laughs> so that was when you get greedy. <laughs> Which I don't. I, I don't quite get, but 
I honestly, why would you want Aaron Rodgers throwing to you, and why do you think you're that good that you? Well, he lost them the the playoff game. Maybe it's just no one in the locker room forgave him. You got to get out of a bad situation. Maybe maybe there's some That's reason that we don't know. The only thing that makes sense. I mean, then why why did Terrell Pryor leave Cleveland when we offered him eleven or nine million, and he took it a one year deal for eight million? Uh, probably because he wants to win. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland's on the up and up. Analytics, baby. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, last tight end, uh, and this will wrap up NFL news. I know we had a lot, a lot of news for this episode. Dwayne Allen going to New England. Kind of swapping places with Martellus Bennett. I think it's a great fit. I think he complements Gronk very well. I think he even has standalone value. And I think a change of scenery, like I said, out of Indianapolis, he was kind of getting stale there, fell behind Jack Doyle, is, is a good thing for him, especially playing with a more consistent team than the Colts. Yes. The Colts are just way too inconsistent. One time they could be a Super Bowl contender, next, you know, they're competing for a top six pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I love the Dwayne Allen signing there in, in New England. I think he fits the scheme well. I think he'll have some games where he has three touchdowns, and I think others where Gronk will take over. But I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't care for Dwayne Allen. I think he's just kind of there. I don't know what his target share is going to be like with everyone there, like we stated earlier. And we still don't know why Rodgers dropped him. <laughs> no, um, yeah. It's unfortunate that he went to the Patriots after he dropped him, but... You still trade for a guy and then cut him right after. With no other moves going on, it's still a little weird. The only reason I can think of him doing that is just to screw me over. Yeah. Like, making me give someone up. I don't Which know. I guess I get, but... I don't think we've ever asked him. I don't think he would tell us. Regardless. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't. He's sneaky. Um, so this that's a, I guess that's a perfect segue. Now that he's in the in the free agent pool in our draft, where do you take Dwayne Allen? If if you take Dwayne Allen, no, because this draft pool is loaded with tight ends. I don't I don't think unless I'm like unless they all get scooped up before I can take one, maybe in the fifth, like he like he went last year. Yeah, I agree. I'll be targeting some other tight ends earlier, but if they happen to get taken or I don't want to reach for one, then I can see myself waiting. I mean, I rather I rather have Doyle. So I mean, he's probably, I think he's a free agent as well. Yes, there's just. I agree. There's just so many tight ends, rookies, and free agents that I'm not overdrafting for anybody. So, I agree. Fifth. Fair evaluation. Perfect. So, let's now move from NFL news to fantasy news for our league. Some recent trades that have happened. There's been a lot of action. And I love it. It's kind of been going in waves, to be completely honest. Yeah. Well, this free agency kind of sparked this one. Absolutely. I, I absolutely think it did. And not to mention the fire that was lit under Itzler. He's been a machine lately. Yeah. He's been going out. He's been aggressive. And I, I kind of love everything about it. He's been in every trade, right? He he was in every trade that we're about to talk about. So he switched roles with me. I love it. <laughs> this is the first episode that I have not been involved in a trade. Have I been in talks? Absolutely. Um, but not involved in any trades. Uh, so let's start it off. So this was probably the biggest one out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balducci and Itzler. Pick your side. Balducci gives up Tyler Eifert, LeGarrette Blount. In the 2018 fourth, Itzler gives Woodhead, Jonathan Stewart, a 2018 second and third. Uh, Chad, do you want to lead us off? I'm on the Itzler side here. I feel like this is kind of an unpopular opinion amongst the fantasy league. We took it to a poll. The dynasty community seems to like the Itzler side. Uh, Itzler getting Eifert Blount in the 2018 fourth. I think that Eifert is the key piece in this deal. I think I agree, Eifert, 
Eifert's great. He was injured last year, but when he's on the field, he's an absolute difference maker in that offense. Um, Blount, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. He, I don't know if he's going to stay in New England, but he's always going to be a touchdown guy from the one or two yard line, just power it in. He's going to be good for a touchdown. I think he had, what, like 12 last year? I think he might have the most in the league. Um, what had we talked about earlier? Just just your guy when, when Dixon's out. He's just the guy that's going to be there for the first four weeks. He'll be your PPR back afterwards. And Stewart, we also talked about in, I think, the first episode where he's just a veteran running back. The picks are obviously better for the for the Duke side. A 2018 second and third is obviously better than a 2018 fourth. Um... But I think the players outweigh that, so I would lean. I would lean Itzler side here. Uh, I'll play devil's advocate here because initially I lean toward Mike's side. Uh, we've talked about Itzler is a rebuilding team. Now that's where the second and third rounders for me play a big role in this. We also talked about, and he's admitted he doesn't want to come in last. That's like a priority of his. And you know, I agree. Eifert's the key piece in this when he plays, but you have to say when he plays. So I think, you know, trying to target an injury-prone tight end when you know this class has a loaded tight end class, and we'll talk about later where he he traded for an early pick, could have used that pick to address his tight end needs and not necessarily have to give up a second and third rounder. I also think, I know we we weren't high on Jay Stu, but I think I might be more unsure about about Blunt's role next year than what, what Jay Stu could possibly do if they don't, even if they address running back, but... I mean, you got now four running backs there. If he gets re-signed, where is he getting re-signed to? What role is he going to have there? And I agree uh, trying to go for Jay Stu pre-draft is risky. But I think if Itzler wants to get some some wins, you know, Woodhead's going to get you four games of high production, I think. Depending on who the rookie running back is, may not be ready to start right away. Jay Stu could still get you value early in the year. And you're not giving up your second and third round pick. So I get Eifert is if if he's healthy and plays 16 games, obviously it sort of wins this deal hands down. But from a rebuild perspective and what he did later in the trades, I think if he just avoided this trade and did the next two, he would have been much better off and just staying put with what he had. So let me ask you this: well, Who would you rather have, Jay Stu or Blount? Um. Well, I know I just said that for for him. You know, I don't. I don't need someone who just is going to get me a certain amount of games to get me wins. So cocky. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, that's not my my goal. Isn't to not come in last. It's to you know, it's to win. Um, I mean, still probably Blount. Even though I said I'd rather for his team, I think Jay Stu makes a little bit more sense just to not come in last. I don't think either of them have real dynasty value as it is. So that's, you know. I, it's hard to say right now. I don't. I don't know. So so let's say it's a redraft league. Who do you take in a vacuum? I have to see who gets. You know, it depends on the draft. No, right now though, who you, who would you take in redraft? Gun to head. You got to make a decision. I mean, I just said flounce. So if I go back and say JC, I'm going back and forth. <laughs> I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I'm looking at both, and I don't know. I'm on the spot now. I don't know. I think I go Blount. I go Jay Stu. Do you? Yeah, I absolutely go Jay Stu. It's exactly for that reason. I I, I actually discussed the trade with Itzler after. I I I, I fear Blount this year. I think Jay Stu at least stays with Carolina and at least is in a is in a split carry backfield. We don't know what Blount's going to do. We have no idea where he's going to go. Is he good for a touchdown? Probably. You, um, you feel like because they signed Rex, something must be up. 
Yeah. Oh, with yeah. At least I don't, somebody. I don't. There. I don't think Blount stays in in New England. I don't. I just don't know where he ends up. I don't have an answer. So you're assuming Blount leaves New England. Yes. And we're assuming that Carolina drafts a, a running back. back. Yes. And I still would take Stewart in that situation, even if they take, let's say, Fournette. I think. I think Stewart still gets some carries. I think I'd agree. I absolutely think that. I mean, that being said, I still I lean towards the Itzler side. I just I just don't. I'm not a big fan of Blount. Would you think that that Blount and Stewart's value picks wise would be around the same? It'd be, ADP is probably very very close. I feel like it would be close. ADP is probably very very. I close. agree. That's why I think the second and third rounder. I don't like that he gave it up. I feel like if he, sh- I feel like he should have got the second and third rounder and then gave up the fourth, and then that would have been. I would have said you know both sides are good, but I just think the what if Tyler plays question is a big factor. I think it's a great dynasty move too, because Eifert's only still still only twenty six, and in a solid Bengals offense. You can draft one this year with the well, pick he got in three, the next trade. Three years is the year rule for tight ends. I, know I think that <laughs> the fact that we're divided on this means it's probably a fair trade. Yeah. Oh no, I definitely think it's a fair trade. I definitely think. It's no, but yeah, my initial reaction of calling it a really bad trade is I'm I'm more playing devil's advocate. I would still lean uh, toward Mike, but you know I understand the argument for getting the best piece in the trade, which is Eifert. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, so let's move on to the next trade that Isla made. Um, with Riggio. Riggio coming out of the blue making a trade. I kind of love it. An Isla Riggio trade. Isla Riggio trade. I love that's, that. That's definitely Before never you go in, I feel like we can almost package both of these into one, definitely. one trade, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. So, you know, you have... So this is basically... It was two separate trades done by three teams involving one player in Deshaun Jackson. So if you want to look at it as a whole, as a three-way trade... It would have been Riggio gets Itzler's 2018 first and Muller's 2019 first, right? Those are the two firsts he yes. received. Itzler receives pick nine, um, a 2017 third, a 2018 second, and a 2019 second. So finally getting some picks and finally rebuilding, which I like to see, and dumping Deshaun Jackson. And then Rob gets a fourth and Djax. Um, Rob, I get it. He's in win-now mode, and it seems like he's just adding pieces every week. Um, Deshaun Jackson, we discussed him earlier. I think for his team is a good move for him. Um, Ridge, I I get it. When we did our, we'll get to it later, power rankings, I think this hurts him a little bit just because I liked all the firsts he had. He's backtracking and getting accumulating more firsts because he sees himself as a win-now team in three years. So I get the move for him. And I like it for Itzler, too. We got four picks. One's pick nine. That, go back, that goes back to my point that I think he can have used pick nine to get the tight end and kept his second and third, regardless of the players. So that's why, when you look at it as a whole for Itzler, why I lean toward Mike. But if you're just looking at these two these two trades, I think it's pretty even for everybody. I think it's a good trade for everyone's needs. And I'm actually impressed with how everyone handled it. Like, no one got destroyed. And... Yeah, Rodrigo, yeah. and Rob's, you know, usually can be at the butt end of some jokes of trades. Itzler has been, and Riggio, despite what he thinks of himself, has been as well. And all three separately made pretty good deals for themselves. Yeah, I agree. I, I love, I love the trade for for all of them. So now, if we're not going to do a mock draft, I'm going to get mine in this question. If you're Itzler, who do you take at nine right now after this trade? Mm, that's a good question. Only you have the inside of what everyone wants. He wants a running back. Will one that's worth oh, he, he's, it? He's open. He's been he's been aggressively targeting. Right so will yeah. will one that he wants falls? We don't know. I don't know who everyone wants. Everyone's playing these mind games in the chat, mixing <laughs> and all this other crap. 
So I have no idea. I, I can't answer that until the NFL draft because that will lay all, all the pieces out. So I'm not giving you what you want and cop out. And, yeah, Chad, Some cop out. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say a player. Please do. I'm also gonna give you a player. Deontay Foreman. I was actually gonna say Deontay Foreman yeah. or Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I think those are, are perfect landing spots. Yeah, I um, think I think that's may, might be where he goes there for that situation. Um, I wish Kareem Hunt did a little bit better in the combine, um, but I think it's not a bad pick there. If you watch his film, he's so much fun to watch. Here's my two cents on these trades too. First, I love. I love Itzler's mentality that he knew when he was going to acquire Deshaun Jackson, he was immediately going to flip. Absolutely, him, yep. Which, which I respect. The thing I don't like about the trades for Itzler is that he gave up his first in twenty eighteen and nineteen. So I don't think he has any first. He has he has Kojak first in twenty eighteen. No, Kojak's first. Oh no, no he Richard. gave up. Tw- he gave, he gave up Kojak's yeah. first. Sorry about that. So all he has is pick nine this year and none in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Yeah. Like I always say, though, I mean, you can always acquire picks. Yeah. It's a lot of time between the 2018-2019 drafts. And the value, value I mean, of your time is only going to go up. The closer we get to draft, he could always bail out and get two future firsts. I tried getting it today. Closer to the draft. So, you know. So, I, I mean, was after it. all in all, I think it's I think it's even on for all parties here. Absolutely. Um, so, quick note before... We actually go into the team profiles for this week. Just a, a note from before. I looked up the ADP for Stewart and Blount. Oh, did you? Okay. One is 91, one is 61. Who do you think is really? which? Really? Who do you think is which? We'll play this game. I would guess J2 is 61. I th- I'm going to say the opposite just because of how good of a year he had. I think the public may just be sheeps into that. Because I don't think they factor in what we think the Carolina like Carolina's going to do in the draft. That's a, that's a fair point. So ba- based on right now, people are actually having fantasy drafts now, which is amazing. I, w- I wish we were <laughs> one of those leagues. Um, Jonathan Stewart is 61. Okay. Blount, Blount is 91. Um, so a little bit more far off than we think. But like I said, we, we need to wait and see what's going on with all of the moves and the draft. See, man, I'm right. Uh, Mike won. Thank you. Debatable. <laughs> agree, agree, agree and disagree. <laughs> Um, so let's now take just a look at, at team profiles. Uh, the two teams, I, I honestly feel like we've profiled Itzler's team 35 times already. Yeah, but this, one, this one's going to be quick. We're going to give them a profile. <laughs> we'll just read it off, see what everyone thinks about it. Um, so quarterback, Carson Wentz. I, I've already said I'm high on Wentz. Uh, receivers, Crabtree and Sanders. Not a bad receiving core. Uh, running back is where it gets a little dicey. Um, Devontae Booker, Doug Martin. Uh, Julius Thomas is his tight end. Flex players, we have Tyreek Hill and TJ Yeldon. And then rounding out the bench, uh, probably the starting tight end would have to be Tyler Eifert, Shane Vereen, Kenyon Drake, LeGarrette Blunt, and Marvin Jones. So an interesting mix now after all the deals. I, I think yeah. his team has improved. His team is, is definitely improved. Yeah, it, for It's sure. certainly impro- improved. I think it's still 14th. Um, but... You know, like I said, I, I like the deals that he's made. I think he's got a new a new hunger inside of him, if you will, to <laughs> not fire, only not finish last, rises. but I but I think that he wants to uh, he wants to compete. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I think that his team isn't better than anyone else's team. But like I said, I think that his ceiling's high. I think he's making the right moves, making the right choices. So we'll see where he ends up. Yeah, happy with what he's doing. We'll see. If, I mean, if if Crabtree and Hill and Sanders can repeat, which we don't think they will, you know, some of the flashes they had, especially Crabtree and Hill, then he obviously won't come in last. I mean, he has that, I mean, they were two 
wide receiver two or ones. And Crabtree was better than Cooper last year. So we're just banking on that not happening. But could Marvin Jones be good? Sure. Could Eifert be a top three tight end? Sure. So he has some upside, which I can understand from his perspective why he could be excited about his team. I just think it needs a couple years. So, do we agree that that running back is probably his biggest need? Yeah, that's yeah, why he needs one of the drafts. Solidified oh, yeah. tight end. He's got some solid. He tried players. last year with uh, with Booker, and you know sometimes the draft is cruel. It is. Book that was uh, eight overall. So that was a. Thank you for taking him because I would have took him with that pick and would have gotten Jordan Howard my pick. So <laughs> fantasy can be or, a lot of luck sometimes. Or Keith Elite. Well, I did take him, but see, I, no, if I had eight pick, I was taking yeah. Booker. So. Fantasy's weird. It is. Um, so, I, I honestly think Itzler's team definitely approved. That Agreed. being said, the more and more I look at Riggio's team, the less and less I like it. Um, I'm agreeing. Team Theo Kiddick. Let's read through. Starting quarterback, Russell Wilson, a top fantasy producer always. Wide receiver, um, all-star rookies for the past couple of years, Kevin White and Josh Doxson. Running back, Chris Thompson, Rashad Jennings. Tight end, Delaney Walker. Travis Benjamin and his flex, Jeremy Lankford. Then rounding out the bench, we have Jalen Richard, Alan Hearns, and Ryan Tannehill. He might come in last if he doesn't hit on his picks. Well, he has picks one and two. So say you're disgusted with Lankford and, I guess, Thompson. or Jen- just pick, pick whatever two you want to get rid of there. Throw Cook and You're putting Cook and Fournette yeah. there. I don't think he's getting sway out of those two picks. No. They said he's going to do his research last second. So if he happens to see a mock draft that has... Uh, mixing in there or one of the wide receivers i he can be swayed so sure some expert opinion could sway as if like whatever he drafts but say for this sake cooking Fournette in there it's just a very raw team the lot of youth and he's planning two three years ahead we just went over how he just traded basically one first and a and and um, Djax, who is no need for him in his rebuild, for two firsts. And he's actively coming after everyone's 2019 first. And here he has two or three 2018 firsts. He does. So, including, including mine, which will be a top And they're going to be first. good. And, you know, he's rebuilding the right way. It's just like anything in fantasy. Will Kevin White stay healthy and hit? Will Josh Doxson be what we thought he could be getting drafted 104 last year? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it for his overall upside. And then all of his rookie drafts. So he's got 1, 2, and 10 and 11. He gave up 9. Yes. So he still has four first-round picks this year. So you could throw probably 9 and 10 and or 10 and 11 to his team now. Yeah. So what I, those players are going to be, and we'll see. I mean, I don't, he's not going to make the playoffs because there's just too many rookies. Too much what-if, too much luck. But I think he's definitely, unfortunately rebuilding correctly he he actually has four firsts next year too so he has 10 firsts over three years two in 2019 i want to make a bold statement here i don't know if you guys would agree i think his team might be right now his roster right now might be the worst i agree i, I absolutely agree? agree with you the yeah. only thing keeping him afloat is it's his picks. picks yeah well that's what we factored into our power we rankings did, and did. he wasn't in our bottom four like so... who like we went over this the other day who would you say is the best the best player on his team um, I I personally would probably say Josh Doxson. No, I mean, I don't I don't think I'm a cop out and say that. Russell Wilson. All right, excluding quarterback, excluding it, quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say Travis Benjamin or Alan Hearns. That's... I think it's either Hearns or Doxson. I still think Doxson does well. So he, even that, still, we're that arguing that his, that his best me. player is Doxson or Hearns. It's, like, still it's not. Good. not yeah. It's not good. I agree, but to be fair, he 
blow up. No, he, he, he blew it up. And he, he's got the capital. He still has assets. And yeah. He's he's probably going to make good use of them. And we'll you know we'll go over that in the power ranking. But I agree. If you just took this roster now, it's probably the worst. But like I said, you throw Cook and Fournette and some other late first round guys, and then it's looking yeah. a little sexier. It's amazing that, and we'll get into this next. But his his picks keep him out of the bottom four. That's what dynasty is. Yeah. If you know you're if you know you're no good. Because he drafted inexplicably old in the startup draft. I don't even think he knew it was a dynasty was, until was like Peyton, five. Peyton Manning was his first round. I draft. think he went uh, Manning Lynch one two in either order. I think that was his first two picks. Yeah. Oh, he had he had fourteen fifteen back to back. That's what it was. It yeah. was Manning Lynch. So he didn't know, which is his fault. But he tried the <laughs> win now for the first two years. He made the playoffs the first year. Hasn't the last two. And thanks to you, Eric, he's now in full rebuild mode and even getting more picks out of this. So Thanks to me. Thanks to you. Anytime, guys. That's what I'm here for. Um, so, that being said, let's let's talk about the power rankings. Who do we have? Ad, I'll throw this to you. Who do we have? And number 10, who we were just talking about, is Rich. So, I mean, we just dove fully into his team. No much more to go into that, but based on our, you know, average for his power rankings, we had him at 10th mainly due to his picks. So we have him at 9, 11, and 10. I am a little bit higher than you guys. Just, you know, it's hard to rank the middle sometimes. You're looking at picks yeah. and who's going to pick where. So I think number 10 safe. He's not going to come in. He could come in last, but he's probably not going to come in last. Yeah. But he's not going to be a playoff contender yet. I agree. I agree. Same All Yeah. Yeah, Let's... I think 10's perfect for him. Let's jump into nine. Number nine is our own Chad Patterson. Yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, Chad. How you hey. doing? How, how you feeling hey. about, about number nine? Going from going from last to nine. That's a solid oh, jump. Yeah, it's a solid jump. It's a work in progress, but we're getting there. We're hoping the uh, the uh, the Cook straight doesn't impact you too much at Dixon. You know, we're looking at your roster now. You can't. Uh, I'm not factoring in. You know, suspensions into your power ranking. Okay. <laughs> um, you got some early picks, which I like. You got a first, I think, an early second in there. So. You have the tools to address some of the needs we talked about in your player profile, which I think was tight end and a running back too. Mm-hmm. So you're in prime position to not even reach and address those issues if you want to in the draft. So I think nine is a looking at your raw, you know, another raw roster. I would agree. I think pending my schedule, I think it can maybe be eight or seven. But no, yeah. Well, you know, again, this is where I think the roster and the the picks will be where you'll finish. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have had you higher for finish just because. The division's a little weaker, but every division's getting pretty strong, even the bottom end. The bottom feeders are no longer bottom feeders. Yeah, so true. Wins are going to be hard to come by um, for the whole year. So I think nine, we had you 10, 9, 9. So it's pretty much a consensus. Yeah. You know, that's fair. From 14th I'll to take that. in the, the second episode of Power Rankings. So I'll take that. There you go. Well, it actually depends on who you're taking at 13. Who are you taking at 13? Oh, yeah. Uh, go. Fuck yourself. Oh. Ooh. Did I just drop the first swear word on the you podcast? You did. Are we going to so. have to bleep that out? I think so. No, nah, I'm just going to leave it in. We'll leave it in? Yeah. Oh, we're getting edgy now. We're getting progressive <laughs> and edgy, baby. Yeah. So, Ad, who's up next? Uh, number eight, we got Kojak. So, I'll go a little bit into his team. I, I had him at eight, so did Chad. You had him at ten. His quarterback's Derek Carr, you know, one of the better young quarterbacks coming out. Or not coming out, but currently in the league. We talked about Brandon Marshall that we all thought his value went up. Sammy still, you know, has the potential to be a, a wide receiver one. And then he got Zeke last year in the draft, 101. So that that's the main catalyst for his team. I mean, Charles left too, so Spencer Ware could still be, you know, the running back one there. He still has that value. 
And um, I just, I don't love his team, but I still think it's better than, right now, than the teams that were listed prior to it. That's fair. I, I'm, I'm a little bit less high on his team. I think he's got a lot of guys that I don't think are going to pan out this season. Um, for instance, especially towards the end of his bench, his, his flex guys that could start. Randall Cobb, I'm not as high on mo- as most people. Jeremy Macklin is really on his way out of the league, and especially in a not very pass-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. Ryan Matthews, I think, is in a decline. I think Philly takes a running back in the draft. I think Wendell Smallwood emerges. Um, Eric Decker is... Also, I think takes a step back. Bilal Powell not going to be as as productive as he was last year. All Jets. That's exactly it. He lived lived and died by the New York Jets. So outside of I really love Spencer Ware. I love Zeke. Obviously, um, Sammy Watkins. I gave up five first for Sammy Watkins. So we'll leave that as it is. <laughs> um, I I just don't think the rest of his team kind of rounds out as a whole. And without the picks, I don't know if he he goes as far as that. I kind of disagree. I think I think he's solid all around. I really do. Um, I think he has good receivers, good running backs, good tight end, and good flex spots. And a good and quarterback. A good, and a good quarterback. He's got, he's got, he has Cam, too. So there's two great quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. He has Cam and Derek Carr. So, um, yeah, me and Chad had him at 8, and you had him at 10. So I, me and Chad are a little higher than you are. Yeah. And not, not to mention his bench is Randall Cobb, Jeremy Mack, and Ryan Matthews. Like, that's a pretty pretty deep bench, too, so... Yeah, I yeah. mean, I agree with you. Whether you think they're gonna have high upside, it's still good for bench. So, I'm not entirely sure on his pick situation. He's got a late second as his early one. I think it's like 27. I'm assuming he has his first in 2018 and 19. No, Hitzler has Hitzler his first. Had it. He I, he has his first in 2019, not in 2018. Mm. Yeah. Well, that certainly doesn't help his case. Well, we're but... looking at picks this year. We're not gonna look into 18. So, for Kojak, yeah, he has a second, fourth, fourth, and a fifth. Where you know, hopefully the second is, you know, fits whatever need he wants to fill. But I don't know if he really needs a huge need right now. Just a couple of those bench players to pan out. And he can make, you know, we have him at seven. So, I mean, at eight. So that's like teetering on playoff team. Here's also a thing that hurts him is that he's not very active. No. In the league. Yeah. That could actually help him in a way. I mean, we've seen teams hurt yeah. themselves by trading. But I agree. I wish he was a little bit more active. I know he's not going to hear any of this. So he has not listened to a podcast yet. Yeah. So, ipso facto, <laughs> he's right. Yeah, he's, to, he's, to quote Greg Muller, <laughs> ipso facto, he's inactive. <laughs> yeah, I wish he was too. And then uh, rounding off the non-playoff teams, this is actually a a little late of a move. Is Matt Wire, who was controversially due to a Ridge inactive week, a playoff team last year. <laughs> And I think both of you had him at six. I had him at seven. We just had um, a couple differences. Oh, uh, no. I had it. Me and Chad had him at seven. It was after the trade. You had him at six. So, yeah, yes. after a lot of the the, uh, the raw moves, there was a little bit of movement. Um, so, basically, I, for, I had a hard time with the six spot just because I didn't love any of the teams I was putting there as, like, saying, like, playoff team. And when I think playoff team, I think of someone that can win. Um, we talked about Pierre Garcon's value going up. I think, you know, Melvin Gordon, I think he won't be what he was last year. I know they're not going to have Woodhead there to, you know, take value away from him, but he was just a lot of just touch, just very touchdown dependent running back. I don't think his yards per carry was very any, like any good. So I think he takes a step back. I mean, Kelsey had an enormous year. I mean, he's got good players. I traded him Tate, you know, Tavon Austin. I feel like, you know, can you trust him and Parker consistently? But 
I mean, it's not a bad team. It's number seven. But I, I just don't see it as a playoff team this year. I agree. I think he has um, tight end one or two in Kelsey. I think he has maybe the best quarterback in Matt Ryan. I mean, I don't know if he's going to repeat next year, but he's certainly um, on the rise. The stock is way up after last year. Calvin Benjamin, when he's healthy, he shows flashes of being elite, mm-hmm. an elite wide receiver. Now that Ginn's gone, especially, I think that that's going to raise his stock too. Yeah, we did that before this trade. Garcon, we hit on a little bit, him being in San Francisco. It's probably going to hurt him, even though he is probably now the wide receiver one. I'm not exactly sure with the quarterback situation what it's going to be. He does have 103. He does have pick pick three, which we factored in too. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think his team, I, I agree. I think he's on the cusp of playoffs. I think he could certainly be that sixth seed. But I think he could also not be the sixth seed. Yeah. So I think he's just on the fringe. I agree. I, I think he's that perfect seven seed. Um, maybe borderline playoff team if if he gets lucky, hits on the pick. Maybe he takes Mike Williams, Corey Davis, whoever at that at that spot. Who definitely best receiver available. Although it's, I'm hearing smokescreen rumors he takes Mixon, but mm. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, if he makes the playoffs, no one's gonna be like, oh my god, Mark. No, yeah, definitely. So. Absolutely it was just not. you know it was just due to other teams. So. Especially if if Tony Romo goes to Houston, I think that's a huge year for Miller. Yeah. So that wraps up the non-playoff teams. So in no order, the the top six teams that will be in the playoffs and have a chance at winning the Gene will be me, Rogers, Nick, Muller, uh, Rob, and Balducci. There you go. So that rounds out the top six, and we'll go six to one next episode and tell you who we think. Has the best chance at winning the gene. Let's let's recap the bottom eight real quick. So the bottom eight will be tied for. I mean, we may have some wiggle room now, but I think we'll just keep it as it is, even with the trades that Itzler's done. The bottom two tied for thirteenth: Itzler and Josh. Twelve: Eric. Eleven: Trainer. Then ten: Ridge. Nine: Chad. Eight: Kojak. And seven: Wire. There you have it. Love it. The non-playoff yeah. teams. There they are. Yeah. High five, man. <laughs> I made it. I made the top <laughs> made six. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Um, so now let's let's wrap up the show. Um, it has been, has been a long one, but a very detailed one. Honestly, there's so much going on in the NFL. We kind of needed it. Let's end, as always, with with our sleeper of the week. Uh, any Anyone want to start in particular? Sure. Oh, you can go first, Jeff. Okay. I'll make it quick. Um, my sleeper of the week, I'm going a little deep on this one. Russell Shepard, okay. former okay. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receiver. Um, only 26 years old still. Uh, just was acquired by Carolina. Um, their wide receiver depth is thin. They have Calvin Benjamin as the one. Devin Funches as the two. I think that Shepard might compete for the two. He could be the three even. Um, last year, 23 receptions, 341 yards, two touchdowns. He was mainly a special teams guy in Tampa Bay, um, but like I said, he's still only 26. I think I think he could be I think he could be a decent fantasy player in that Carolina offense. So Russell Shepard's my guy. Love Fair. It. Mine's not super deep. I just think for maybe the common fantasy player, not a household name. So you know when they throw you up to like the you know it's like a, a silhouette and they give you the stats and you're like who is it compared to who? So I'll give you a 24 year old. Had 66 receptions for 888 yards and four touchdowns. Only 24 years old. You might think that could be someone worth taking as a free agent in our pool. 
and it's Cameron Meredith. Now, we talked about the Bears earlier this episode, who I think, you know, depending on who you ask, got an upgrading quarterback. And their wide receiver one, if you want to make it Kevin White, is injury prone. So it could be him and, you know, Wheaton running the show. So a lot of targets can be coming his way. He was already getting targeted heavy, even with Alshon there. Alshon's gone. So, you know, not as deep as far as, like, bottom of the depth chart type of guy, but deep as far as he was cut this year. And maybe some people weren't targeting him in their draft just because the name's not as sexy as some other guys that are on there. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll round out the sleepers. Uh, you guys may moan, groan. You may may vomit. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm I'm going Cordaro Patterson. Oh, CPAD. I'm going Cordaro Patterson. <laughs> One guy we didn't mention in the NFL News, also has a new home, going to the Oakland Raiders. And I think the change of scenery is going to do him wonders. I think in Minnesota, they tried to force him into that number one receiver role, which he's not. He's not that build. He's not that mentality. He's not that player. He's a gadget player, a freak of an athlete at 25 years old, and he's going to come in and just make plays if you give him the ball. And I think that's what they will do in Oakland because they already have their number one receiver in Amari Cooper. They have Michael Crabtree. They may lose Latavius Murray, so why not follow the Ty Montgomery mold? Give him some carries at running back. Let him kick return. Just manufacture plays for him, and I think they'll have a lot of fun in that Oakland offense, and I think he'll return to his high pedigree form initially. And like I said, he's still young. I That being said, if he falls to me at 29, I'm taking him at 29. Really? I would absolutely You think Cordell Patterson is a second-round pick? I love Cordell Patterson at 29. He's only a second-round pick, I'll say in, that. In because, our, in our be, because we there's two picks in the second round that are removed. But yeah, you exactly. think that he... I would, I would absolutely take him at 29 right now. The man I, in the myth, the legend. I couldn't disagree with that more. Wow. Ford Hour Patterson. You heard it here. Eric Von Dunn. I, I, he's borderline Don't undraftable, I deep, think. Deep sleeper, early pick. Deep wow. sleeper, early pick. Ford Hour okay. I also only have two picks. So I would have to take him there. I don't get Or I'd go undrafted. trade back and get him in the fifth round. I mean, we'll see. But I'm going to probably <laughs> snag him at 29. All right, well, thank you for all everyone behind you. That's why he's your sleeper. Anytime. He's he's currently unconscious. All right. All right. <laughs> and uh, that's going to do it for another episode of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Chad, why don't you hit him with the Twitter? You know what it is, at Elite Dynasty 69 Go give it a follow if you haven't already. Covering all your all your bases here, trades, news, everything. Uh, power rankings, you know, you name it, it's there. So go, go, uh, go, take a gander there. You might as well follow your favorite host too at EFV40. Got a lot of great content. Troll a lot of NFL players, specifically Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Add, you got anything you want to say? <laughs> if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five star review. You know, I don't know how much it does for us, but it makes us feel good when we see, you know, all those comments. Move me up the rankings and get me out of corporate America. Yeah. That's all I can say. We just want to get top 150, yeah. so get us there. When share it share it with your friends, do whatever you need. When we blow up, you're going to regret not being one of the first <laughs> one of the first people to give us five stars and a rating. Mhm. Cuz we'll remember who were the first people. I think it was me. Or or five of them me probably. <laughs> no one can prove that though. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks again for listening and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Later. Peace.